Come, come look to you guys. Come look at this. Come. Say, hey, who's that? Charlie, can you say bus? Bus. Uh, bus. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about cars? Uh, oh no! Toxic masculinity <laughs> starts too early. Uh, Charlie, what are, uh, Charlie, what are your feelings about Andrew Tate? <laughs> Charlie, what generation are you going to be? Uh, <laughs> Can you tell us what generation are you? Generation A. The bus generation. generation bus. You guys are. Good. I bet you, you guys are going to be riding the bus. Are you saying, bussin' no cap? Bussin'. <laughs> she's. He bussin' no cap. So uh, welcome to Infinity License, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Brian Pisano, and I'm here with Charlie. Oh, oh man, I, I'm just going to insert a sound effect of him saying um, bus. <laughs> <laughs> that was my son, J- Charles. Uh, Pisano, his first podcast appearance. Yeah, white men be on podcasts from age one on, folks. Well, yeah, we're, we're training him. Yeah. Actually, you know what? It is the same thing as how they have, you know, pictures of like AR 15s for little kids in like the South. Oh, yeah. This is the Brooklyn version of that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and it's equally damaging to the culture. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's damaging. Yeah, so he's, in, he's inventing a mind space, whereas. The AR-15 is more of a kinetic, <laughs> more of a attack. kinetic new, new, yeah, changing your mind in a different way. Yes, exactly. Like rearranging the molecules, exactly, like a Kennedy-style rearrangement of your brain. Um, and you know, we've been talking; it's been interesting. We kind of had an improvised kid, as with COVID, like we we just kind of, I kind of went. I think people took two approaches to COVID when it started. They either locked, doubled down, and isolated, or they're just like, ah, oh, whatever, screw it. I'm just going to do. I'm just going to do stuff. So in my case, I went back to grad school and had a family <laughs> <laughs> and continued doing this podcast maybe once to twice a year. Um, and the uh, so we well, I have a covid kid and now I'm interacting with a lot of things that have become culturally, politically and economically salient in the in the in the discussion or policy space, because it's kind of like you're living longer now, like your lifespan is now like double what your actual lifespan is in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, and it's also, you realize, I don't know how people did it before. I don't know how, like I would have gone, if I had my job in Manhattan or now my job is in Brooklyn. So I fortunately have, you mean even before, like in, in before COVID before COVID. Yeah. I don't know how people, I really don't know how, like it's, I kudos to those people. Like, but now I understand when I heard about people that like I worked in an office and they had young kids. I'm like, how did you pull this off? Uh, so you're saying childcare is difficult to procure now? Yes. Let alone when you really had to. Yes, exactly. So now it's like, it, and it, it's it's incredibly hard, and you do realize all these things about it, and you also realize the things about we designed this economy that's supposedly like kind of a girl boss economy, but you do realize that a lot of things, unfortunately, just because of the bias of like gender biology. Um, that a lot of stuff falls way harder on women. Like breastfeeding, obviously, is a huge like. Yeah, I can't episode do it. Episode sixty six, the the episode where the Infinity License Boys realize that um, gender discrimination still exists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's very obvious. But it, it, yeah, like I knew it. It's more now it actually affects me. <laughs> yeah, now it affects me. <laughs> Before I could just conveniently ignore it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, and then I don't know. It's it's been um I don't know. I, maybe this, these are all obvious takes, but it's, no, it's it, not. Well, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, 
I would assume from afar that working from home makes childcare obsolete because you are the childcare and that it's easier to raise a kid now than before. Which, which part of that do you agree with or disagree? With? I am a 95% disagree with that statement. Um, it is easier for us. Fortunately, our daycare situation is, um, is close by and it's a, it's a, it's a nice family walk we take to drop them off at daycare. And then we work from home most days. I go to the office maybe one to three times a week nowadays. But depending on the week and depending on what's going on. But you don't... That's another bias that I think that people... Non-child-having people have where you think they're like, oh, okay, well, I can just work and take care of my kid. But like, the kids aren't just these inert like stationary static things they, they mm-hmm. our kid especially is very active and he like he needs engagement like he needs to be stimulated he needs to be socialized he ne- like taking care of a kid is a full-time job that's why daycare is such a like that's why you pay for it that's why we pay a ton of money for it um and it would be functionally impossible to go and do my day job and also take care of him at the same time. It's just not, it's not possible. And on top of that too, it's like now with COVID and then also just the illnesses that come from like a childcare setting. Um, it's, it is an immediate drag on both your personal health and on like your ability to do your job. Because if your kid gets sick, right. you can't bring him to daycare. Yeah. Or if he gets COVID, if you have a nanny or something like that, or you're like, I guess an, an older relative that's taking care of the, uh, your, or somebody that's taking care of your kid you have to isolate. So then it's like, okay, well I have to, now I've lost whatever the economic output or like it, the input that I was like paying for. So I just like, that's dead money. I paid for daycare and they're like, your kid is sick. He has to go home. And that happens all the time. And then that means you're going to get sick. And then you're just kind of like, you lose two days and you, you have to acutely make in Megan and I's situation. We just have to be like, okay, who's, who's burning a day today? Like who is right. like, And like, you have to make that decision within Wait, like 20 you, minutes of waking you, up. Do you see who's walking in? It's Jordan Peterson. <laughs> oh. It should always be the mother. <laughs> well, I see. I, I, I disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. I've got to tell you, it's important that the woman stop working. Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, it, it should be balanced. It should be both. It's unfortunate that a lot of things fall on women that, that like, that they can't, that you, like, you, for, to have a healthy kid, like, you, for the first six months, at least, that's the American Pediatric pediatric associations suggest that they should be breastfed if they can be so that's six months that's burned right there it's like a lot of work obviously it's a lot of a calorie burning give us a uh give us like a, a time marker right now like in terms of like charlie's per, like development like what what's the last like thing that happened you were like oh that's where he's at now uh yeah he's 19 months now and now he's definitely he interacts with us like he knows he understands like multi-step processes like so he's a capiche he says capiche he understands he kind of like he doesn't speak full sentences but he under he speaks you know more than 20 words um he can object identification um like if you tell him like okay the rare times we let him watch tv i'm like we're like do you want to watch elmo he's like he'll be like nod his head yes he's getting really into nodding now nodding or shaking his head and then we'll just tell him to go sit on the couch. And he'll like, listen, he'll be like, if you want to watch it, like he understands consequences. Like, okay. If you want to watch TV, you have to sit on the couch. Like, and that, that kind of a lifelong lesson. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This is the best place to watch TV. Yeah. I shouldn't confess to that. We don't, we don't let him watch a lot of TV, but it's like when sometimes when we're just down and out with Elmo, sure. we only PBS. What about uh, your technology uh, habits and stuff? How has that evolved? You know, uh, I've become more dependent. We, we, use an app to record all his naps and that kind of stuff too. So I've become more dependent on my phone. 
Uh, a lot of doing stuff with a kid is like really boring sometimes too. So I do find myself zoning out on social media a lot. Um, do you let him use? Uh, no, no. We shouldn't. Honestly, we should. I, I should wean myself off. And even like, yeah, as he gets older, I don't know how I'm going to engage with this. And it's going to be interesting to watch our generation engage with like, because we all know it's bad. It's like the what? like social media and like the like your phone. You're like we know the black like obelisk mirror that is like in your obelisk whatever it is like the black you know. Uh, I'm just trying to not say black mirror. Like I'm trying to say a black mirror, but it is a black mirror. The black mirror. That's a sh- the black, it's, just, it's a it's a remote control for your life. Yeah, more or less. It's like we've outsourced a lot to it, and it's like overuse, particularly overuse of it is is bad for you. It's unhealthy. It's like, you know, it seems to be like the cigarettes of our time. Um, maybe social media has, is. That yeah, is like, an interesting comparison. I actually don't. So that leads us into a topic that we were going to talk about, which is TikTok. TikTok. Um, TikTok. Um, yeah, the sound of <laughs> it's so funny. They named it the, the sound of like your impending death. Yeah. Just the th- this thing that just takes time out of your life. You just, yeah, go in a time warp. The like, like, like you just fly on that thing until you're like, we look up and it's an hour <laughs> later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's this thing like you're, I think what you're saying about social media and, and, and phones is something that is a generally held opinion. And I, I actually recently kind of was thinking, I was like, why aren't I more harmed by social media? I mean, part of it is they don't really use it that much. I, my traditional social media usage, like I'll stalk on Instagram, uh, stalk meaning like I just lurk, like I don't like uh, post that much. Yeah. But I, I was checking it like, you know, multiple times a day when I'm bored. Yeah. Um, and like, I understand like getting, you know, the idea of like getting sad and FOMO and stuff from Instagram, but it didn't really affect me that much. And um, I would be on Twitter just to like stay up with current events and stuff like that. And I was, you know, Twitter people people are calling it like a hell site, you know. It's yeah. like this place where everything's miserable and stuff. And I was just like, this is not my opinion. Granted, a couple of years ago, I think I, I made the switch to unfollow some people that I thought were just like adding negativity. I followed more like White Sox Twitter, and I, I thought that it, it actually really made my social media experience what it's supposed to be, which is like a fun time kill. Yeah, and a way to stay. Like I do want to stay up to date with like news and stuff like that, and I and I do get a lot of really interesting stuff from Twitter. I think Twitter is an amazing social media platform. I and I'm it, inclined to agree. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but. I think Twitter is Twitter is designed for guys like me and you because it's we're kind of news junkie kind of people, and we like sports, and that's the best place to get and both. textual too. Like I'm not going to be taking that many pictures of myself. Yeah, the world is grateful, you know, and and, and I want <laughs> and I want to stay plugged no, in. No, Lenny, we want to see and you. I man. Wanna, no one wants to see that, <laughs> and I want to stay plugged into stuff, and I, like I want to ha- I want to fire off like witticisms, you know. Yeah, but um, we like jokes, we like news, and we like sports. So right. it's like it's, it's good, yeah. that's good space for that. Yeah, like, but it's. It, when people talk about it, social media as this really harmful thing, I don't really empathize with it. And so I decided, Brian, to do an experiment. Oh, boy. We love it. We love a podcast experiment. It's, giving, ago, it's giving experiment. It's giving empiricism. <laughs> it's giving Galilean. Yeah. Um, not Galilean. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Not me doing a Galilean empirical experiment. Um <laughs> I downloaded TikTok. Nice. Uh, I have never downloaded it before. Actually, I downloaded it for like two days and then I deleted it. But um, I downloaded it for, and I've had it for two weeks now. And I thought it'd be fun to compare, to share with you what I've what I've gleaned from it for t- from two weeks. Yeah. Um, 
First of all, you've had it for a while. Why don't you tell me? Uh, I I've on and off. What are, what are yeah. your revealed preferences as we learn? Yeah, I so I'll confess to you that I had TikTok, but I I bounced in and out of it. Where so I didn't I re-downloaded it. I hadn't downloaded it for like probably six to seven months before we we decided to. I the, my portion of the experiment is less empirical, um, but yeah. So I re-downloaded it, and I you know I to rediscover what the algorithm thought the TikTok algorithm thought of me because I, I deleted it because I was not that addicted to it either and I was like I kind of had one day where I realized it was a waste of my time and just deleted right? it right yeah wait like, can we talk about that for one yeah. second like why do why do you think that you were not that addicted to it because I also am not because there were moments where it was like it was definitely hitting like I was on a run like where I'm like oh that video is interesting I'm on that, a run like that, a drug it, run yeah <laughs> more or less yeah it's like it's it is and actually the drug run thing is like back tying back I'll I'll tie in why I think that I want to limit as much as early exposure to my son's social media and that kind of stuff um but because I went on a run of like, oh, like interesting history video about New York City. That's definitely my wheelhouse. It's a thing I like, a dorky thing that I like. A uh, comedy video, somebody that did a, like, a genuinely interesting character or something like that. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, this is entertaining. Uh, then it hit like, a, what, I got, I got, I fell down like the c- conspiracy theory slash uh, cryptid slash like spooky right. they rabbit they hole. Know. They knew that one. And there was really like fun ones to be on like, Immediately, like ones that I'm like, I'm not buying into this, but these are like fun stories to follow down. Uh, Operation High Jump was a big one for me. I don't know if that hit you. Did you get hit by Operation no. High Jump? No. Can you briefly tell me what it is? It was a Antarctic exploration after World War II that like got completely messed up. The, re- the official story is that like they, this guy after World War II, the United States Navy commissioned a, uh, a, an admiral to go down. We're like, okay, we think there's some like science experiments that we could do in Antarctica. And it was a complete like bungle. They completely messed it up. A bunch of people died. Like a bunch of ships like got sunk. Um, but then like all the, t- the TikTok conspiracy theorist people, Charlie, what do you think about Operation High Jump? Uh. <laughs> Can you say banana? Banana. But anyway, the, the, the TikTok conspiracy theorists think that it was like it's either a window to the hollow earth. Uh, it's still a Nazi like uh, scientific science base that they use for like experiments with aliens and that kind of stuff. That's what they so that's and that, that this operation was completely bungled because they found something and they got messed up by the aliens or lizard people or whoever lives down there in Antarctica. Um, but anyway, so that's that was one thing. Uh, so that's what that's what came up on mine. That's one thing that came up on mine particularly. I think I've hit a good amount of them. Uh, what it was like? What were were there anything that surprised you in the algorithm? There, like I could see. Well, so anyway, to round out that thought, so those are things that I'm like, all right, that's that's kind of hits my like flavor profile of like what I'm interested in. <laughs> uh, um, that's to hit my palate of the media that I'm going to consume. Uh, but then like I got piped like weird videos of like it was like a lot of stuff about like nurses complaining about their job and I guess they kind of figured out that I work for a healthcare organization. Yeah. Yeah, So, and like, so that's a very popular, there's like a lot of nurses that are just complaining about stuff on TikTok and it was just annoying. Uh, there, you know, there's a lot of like bits that I found annoying, and then like I went on a run of those. I'm like, what the, I'm like, what am I doing on this? Like, and then I like, realized how much time I had wasted on it, and I was like, you know what? I'm removing myself from. You know, it. Yeah. regarding the nurses thing, it's funny. I, I, you know, this is a Chinese property, and they're just absolutely piping whatever they want into the American. Yeah, well, also I'm a huge fan of the Chinese Communist Party now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, you know, my friend that lives in Portland was saying that like he has started to feel like there's been a lot of. Um, more a lot more videos about like how Portland is you know the crime is an epidemic and stuff and 
Um, it would make sense that as a tool of insidious um, agitprop, uh, they would want to make people cynical about the things they're engaged in, right? Yes. So if they know you're a medical industry professional, they would try to make you feel cynical about that. If they know you live in a certain city, they'll try to make you cynical about that. Yes. Um, meanwhile, they're probably just piping Chinese kids like just math equations and like, yeah, like uh, here's a know, fun math game you can play. Or, yeah, or, or, like, or, or here's yeah. just like yeah, coding your you know stuff that can actually help them develop you, as a you know cognitive like, public. Did, did you get hit with um, quiet quitting? Did you hit the, the, the trend of quiet quitting? You mean videos of people that are quiet quitting? Uh, it was just like I, I know it, I've heard it of was it people now. like describe yeah people that were like it, it, it hit my algorithm where it was kind of like oh this is the this is the new trend about people that just don't give a shit about their job anymore. Well, I, 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 are you getting this from TikTok or from like the news? I got it from TikTok originally. The first oh, time really? I saw it was on TikTok. Like, no, I did not. When we first that. started this experiment, yeah. Are you saying that there's there's videos of people saying like I quit quit my job and here's why and here's how you can do it? No, it was more like people about like oh well people are. You know, there's the great resignation, but the, have you heard of this thing, quiet quitting, which is people that just go in more or less. It's just coasting. They're just like they're not trying at their job. It's like doing the bare minimum. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, to me, I was like, exactly. Maybe that's a difference in attitude. I don't know if that's a generational difference, but I'm like old enough to be like, uh, I will do whatever. I'll do what requires me to remain employed here. <laughs> that's like So whatever that is actually like the most capitalistic thing you can do. Like, right. just like if you think that your market value is based on your job description to just do your job description. And like, I yeah. mean, I don't really endorse it in my own life. Like I, I think that I, I get why it's not well, what you're supposed to do, but yeah, that, but so I, I'm so familiar with the overemployment movement too, where you have two more than, yo, I have actually, let me put this on the record. I know three people that have had two job, two full-time jobs at once and lied about it. Really? Yes. And one of them got away with it for a period of time. Um, two people I worked with, um, I suspected that they had they didn't quit their working. old jobs, yeah, yeah. and truly they didn't. One one of them actually joined my old company, and um, accepted a job with us, but was always like off camera and like weirdly not available and taking t sick days and stuff. Said her dad had died, and um, but in reality she and then she like left and she was actually very competent in her job. Like when she turned stuff in, it was, it was good, good, yeah. But on her LinkedIn was a separate company. That's wild. And yeah. And then another, a guy who was my boss briefly got hired at my old company, which is a piece of shit. Um, and also, uh, he just never quit his old job. So yeah, that, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's the real quiet, quiet, tired, quiet quitting. Yeah. Wired. That's well, that's quiet. Double dipping. Uh, it's like, uh, I mean, I understand because I was on kind of a grind set tip. I like, I was always a person that had, I had two jobs like, you know, I'd work my day job and then I'd work my night job in comedy or work. I worked for Revel for a time on weekends. Right. <laughs> you yeah. had four jobs. At that one was time. Also, yeah, I had like four jobs at one time. That was that during was, this podcast run. You've had there was a period where you had four jobs. Yes, simultaneously. And I was getting hired on like a lot of freelance gigs. But to counter your point about like, I do agree that there's they are probably piping things that like make one of people like sowing discord dissent or make making people like angry or disinterested. But one of the people who I enjoyed their content, I had I had very conflicted feelings about this. But this guy, his name is Tim Chiasano. He's like kind of like a more palatable Gary V. So he's he's more like he's he's like a VP or AV. I was just talking about Gary V yesterday. Really? Yeah. yeah. I actually had an extended conversation about him because I discovered that he 
left his girlfriend and or his wife and is now has a girlfriend who's just an absolute like trophy wife and it seems so at odds with like the Gary Vee mentality of like you know every advantage you're not taking is, is an advantage that you're giving to someone else and yeah. for that for that guy to have essentially like a kept woman who was a star on Shaws of Sunset felt yeah. kind of weirdly incongruous Charlie don't you agree right but what do you think about Gary Vee <laughs> no he doesn't like it now this guy Tim Chiasano is like he's He's just a, he's a very motivated guy. He's like a, a VP for Spectrum or something like that. But he's, he creates these TikToks that are like kind of wholesome about his family, um, you know, about him kind of like grinding the corporate ladder, but also like making time for a family, making time for projects that are like creative projects related to social media. Like he has like he's very big on routine. Like okay, like you know you got to get up. Like he he has he's a very regimented schedule and it's like kind of like a discipline, an advocate for discipline. But he's also not. He's not like like you got to be out there doing this kind of thing. He's like, he's like oh, he's not he's a like, hustle hard. He's, yeah. he's like he's like I work hard. This is why I do it. This is and this is like kind of like maybe what motivates me and can help motivate other people. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like. That. Um, yeah, okay. So I don't know, but so to counter that, I'm like that to me is like kind of like all right. This is like actually a little bit of a positive. Oh, I got you. You're saying that it, it's not all it's not all deleterious stuff. Yeah, yeah. I agree to a certain extent, but I'm, I'm it's hard time for me, hard to me to figure out like I like the algorithm rewards itself, and some people I think are naturally prone to the same way Facebook does it too. It's like it's like. It's it's designed to make you feel, and if it, if the easiest and lowest hanging fruit is making people feel angry or like, and, and that'll keep people engaged. And I think once you once you start stepping on that uh, gas, that nerve, yeah, then then touching that, th- touching that nerve, then that's gonna that's where the platform is gonna take the content. I think, and yeah. and and you're you personally are are not really that motivated by anger, like no. I think, and so that's probably. Um, you're probably seeing relatively wholesome content because that's what your brain likes. Yes. Right. Um, which is good. That's a testament to you. And I, I agree with you that I think that there is um, really like rewarding and informative stuff. You know, there's I mean, that's like positive life advice. Watch this guy get completely fucking canceled. Like he, I it know. turns out he's just like a secret Mussoliniist or something. I know. Yeah. But, I hope um, not. He, he seems like a good guy. He's, he's just got a wife and a kid. I just don't trust like, any thought leaders anymore. The same way that like. I don't trust that anyone could be out there talking about lifestyles and not get go weird at some point. These yeah, days. Yeah, yes, I agree. That, like something. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I also feel. I certainly. I mean, on, on Twitter, this has been my experience, and and somewhat on TikTok. It take, most of what ticked, most of what I've been seeing on TikTok has been just like comedy videos, a lot of black comedy videos, like um, which is basically just like the algorithm is kind of replicating. I think it's pulling from. I don't know how much how much day. Da- it's actually pulling from different parts of my phone. I assume all of it. Yeah. Um, so it probably scanned my Twitter feed and that's like what I've kind of like oriented my Twitter feed. <laughs> Just with. the black Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, basically. No, I, I, I like whenever I see um, like comments on uh, like, you know, like Real Housewives of Atlanta or something like that. Like and there's like the comments are hilarious. Yeah. And also that's like the best. It's like the Xerox Park of GIF replies. <laughs> um, the people that are on black Twitter are so funny. And one thing that I think is real, actually really notable and, and I think salient for this conversation about it is that it's less about like getting attention and more about talking it seems like like there's a lot of you know replies back and forth it's in, in an actual discourse yeah and less about like you know projecting one to many a point you're making you yeah know? yeah Which is what what like I do and you know yeah um so yeah and I thought that was really that's, that's really a, that's so interesting that, I feel media. like I feel like you're 
Do you, when you engage with the app, do you like like or follow stuff? Yeah, or I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So do you and notice I also a change st- after that? Like the yeah, yeah. I mean, it started to sell, like for example, it started to figure out I'm a guy. It started to send me more like ass and thought stuff. Yeah. Which I actually am trying to scroll past because I don't need to be like have that serotonin button pressed and yet a different angle now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I got hit with that too. I got I went on a run. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I don't yeah. need it. Like I, I you know, I, I my lizard brain likes it but my cognitive brain's like this is not what i need to be being just like seeing fed to me on my phone but um it started to pick up like it'll send me like engineering stuff and plane content like airplane content oh cool um and um one thing that i actually do really love is um i've I've noticed that there's a one thing that's that is unique almost to to tiktok is like cleaning videos and and process videos like where they which are it just really highlights how satisfying those things are. And it's funny because, you know, like I remember growing up as a you know kid, you think cleaning sucks and stuff. But there is something that about the rejuvenation and the process of cleaning that is yeah. so satisfying inherently that it's actually kind of made me like enjoy the idea of cleaning. OK, because, you know, like th- there will be um, like a video of just a, a guy washing his car or something that starts off really dirty and it gets sparkling clean. And it's very satisfying to not have to do it and it's sped up and stuff. But, um, there's, uh, there's tons of videos of like little kids from China or Japan going in like at like, you know, 1.75 speed, uh, doing like their chores for the night. And yeah. it's, in, it's, in captivating. Uh, I got hit with a lot of cooking process. Process of cooking was like cooking. Big, yeah, yeah. Cooking I, li- I like because yeah. now I like I, the, the yeah. funniest thing is is yeah. that the, they have those cooking videos that are like I, I, this is the I don't know the depths that this can go. Like I haven't gotten to the broken brain stuff yet. Yeah, there's those videos that I feel like are truly the most like calculated to engage the synapses of a human brain, which are the ones about like some woman in, like in her you know nice kitchen. Like here's how you make a casserole on the raw counter, yeah. you know, or like, here's, here's how I make my mixed drinks in the toilet bowl. Or <laughs> and it's designed to just confuse you, but also like you can't click away because yeah. you're like, is this real? Like, and it just fires on so many cylinders. It, it fires on so many levels of your brain, like your whole goddamn cortices are all, the, they're all lit up yeah. just because it's so weird. And yeah. like, that's the, that's the kind of like broken brain stuff that I, I do kind of fear. I um, agree. Cause yeah. like oh, well, it's, I, and I I normally stay away from that kind of stuff because I see it I can sniff it out right away and I try to like swipe right away because I'm like I just want to learn how to like cook yeah, yeah, a yeah. good meal like so I, that's the thing it's I, like, I, so I think this is like the this is like one of my my takeaways from this is that going into this I felt like I I'm okay with social media by the way can we comment on how great a name social media is yes it is a perfect name for what social media is it yes. is media that we consume and it's about social yeah anyway um props to whatever like blogger came up with that um my hypothesis on social media going into the tiktok experiment was that i think that you know there is the concept of an information diet we've known this for years i think you and i have a good information diet because we mix in a lot of books yeah which by the way all of this experiment with social media has just made me appreciate like paper so much because you don't ever fear what paper paper doesn't have an agenda a screen always has an agenda you know um it's just a raw transmission um an information diet involving like that involving, you know, like uh, news and stuff and then a little bit of social media. But like if you get used to your primary nutrients coming in the form of actual information, adding to, um, you know, macro scale storylines you're following like in news or um, you know, if I send you a podcast about the 20th century history of monetary like you know diplomacy right this is interesting to you because it's adding to a very rich story that you've already built up and like put a lot of time into building up about how the world works and stuff and that 
that podcast that I sent you, which we'll talk about in a second, or we'll talk about the subject that's related to in a second. But I bet that that was more interesting than that same equivalent of time on social media would be because it might be easy to spend that much that half hour on social media, but you're going to retain almost nothing from it. And it's not as engaging because it's, it's just shallow. Yeah, you know, it's, triviality. it's it's designed to it's triviality is designed to hit these certain pinpoints and light up your brain at like a certain right. at a certain pace and, and keep it's you like snacks. Engaged. It's like Cheetos. It's like yeah. getting it's like birthday cupcakes that, you know, have a place in your diet. You just have to be able to not have too many of them. And like, I don't think there's anything wrong. With I it. totally agree. And this will round out this conversation. But this is also ties back into why I think I'm going to be very cautious about my son's social media consumption, because I think millennials are people our age born in like the late 80s, are the perfect bridge yep. because we grew up with just traditional media and then like then social media became a phenomenon when we were in college, like f- Facebook, uh, MySpace, I guess you could argue and that kind of stuff. But like Facebook really being the first, you know, like big one. And that's why we see the other age groups are compl- don't know how to interact with it because there's one group that has no has had no filter has had no been like you have to be very cautious about this some people do it but I, I think generally I found that people with the younger generation there's like most parents are like here's the phone go nuts right. and, and like and boomers don't know what they they, they they're like the ones boomers got the worst affected by it out of anyone yes they, they had they, no defenses to they it. had no defense they completely they they they're like I hear them say like I hear relatives say like. Well, I saw it on Facebook, or I yeah. saw it, or even I saw it on television. Yeah, like we're I think we're we're jaded enough to not trust everything, but also like we know that some of it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have some thoughts about TikTok that I wrote down that I want to go through real quick. For sure. Um, all right, the first one is that um, I thought that it was going to be uh, an about the algorithm. I thought it was going to be like, um, you know, I want to see what the algorithm shows me. What I didn't really expect is just how human all of the content is. The algorithm is very much at play, but I think that in some ways this is kind of like a preview of the future of like what you know smarter and smarter systems will be doing for us. The thing that it's it, it's optimizing for what we want, and what we want is our human stories. And the the all of the stuff that I'm seeing on TikTok is like it's, it's basically just this machine that gathers all of the interesting moments from around the world. And serves them to me. And alongside, like if some crazy, like, you know, thing happens in rural China, I will see it because yeah. of TikTok. It's this, it's this machine doing that. But also like creative skits, like create, remember that guy, that Chinese guy that was drinking all the beer and like he had yeah, like yeah. eggs. Anyone, any human Pengs that eye. does something, yeah, <laughs> like that will get served to me. And so it's an algorithm, yes, but the algorithm is connecting me to human stuff. It, it's like a, it's an, it's a perfect derivative of the human experience optimized for entertainment because it's like humans are living this life and then you know like what are the most entertaining things happening in it and it's just surfacing that kind of like highest level yeah um but there's something there's something that you could see as a techno threat about it but i also think there's something kind of wholesome about it and and like the thing that comes after tiktok may not be as wholesome it may not be as organic in creation you know what i mean yeah um, uh, well, I, and the the human element to me. Sorry to interrupt your point, but it's like it, what's interesting to me is it does require a lot to be good at it or to get people to engage with it. It requires a level of like I'm like watching these. I'm like, how do people do? How are they're they just doing so this? creative? Yeah, exactly. I'm and like, so uh, talented. yeah, like it, whether it's like doing a genuinely good like like interesting video about history or just like doing a good character or kind of like stringing together all these like beautiful kind of like shots of stuff. And I'm like. 
and I guess the incentive is that they, they think that if they get enough hits on their TikTok, they can like they can spin it off into their YouTube channel and get some. Right. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you, or maybe they're just idle. It's like brand idle building, rich people. It's like brand building, spin. but it's but it's yeah. building in an economy that ha- is relatively infinite. Like it's an attention economy in which, like your capital in this economy is my esteem for your and knowledge of your name. Okay. That's a, f- I think that's a fairly wholesome thing. Yeah. Like I can see how this can curdle later on, but I've, I fail to see how this is not a, again, like a, I fail to see how this is not just a collection of human flourishing, you know? Yeah. I guess if you were just subscribed to like world star fight videos and stuff, like, which I'm sure there's a, you know, if I, if we were of dis- different dispositions, we'd be just getting served like the worst shit <laughs> just, out just there. The, the knockout game, in right? Yeah, like, just just yeah. TikTok knockout, knockout TikTok. Yeah, but knockout, knockout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. I mean, if if what you want to see is wholesome stuff, you can see the world's wholesome stuff all gathered in one place, and that's cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, the one other observation about it is that. Um, I think that other social media networks are closer to you getting up and in the town square and saying something. And TikTok is, you know, which started off as Musically, which was like, you know, I remember looking at Musically when it, it was that and it was just like that teenagers used it to like replicate music videos that each other made, right? All right yeah. And it, it kind of replicates very accurately the actual dynamic of human interaction, which is that someone says something that people react. Yeah. Or and, and a lot of times people react in resonance with it in harmony with it you know in 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 sympathy with it not in opposite sometimes it's in opposition whatever but tiktok gives you the chance to literally take the sound of a different video and like put your own spin on it if you want to if you don't want to it's completely ecstatic it can be something where you're just looking at stuff happening it but if you if you see something you like you can resonate with it if you whatever so in that way i feel like the options for interaction that it gives you is very close to the way that society works, and again, it's it's kind of a wholesome thing. Like yeah, the yeah. range of options are wholesome. Yeah, it, as a, can, compare that, for example, to you know, on Twitter, um, there was one button and it was like, yeah, right, and they or thought re- that that retweet. was yeah. well, you could yeah. retweet, but you know, now that's a different. Now you're like making this your own statement. You yeah, know, you're, you're actually amplifying it. Whereas the other one was just like, I'm engaging with it. I'm, I'm clicking the engagement button, right. and it was to like something. And it was it was one dimensional. And it led to, a, I think, a lot of skewed things, whereas this is a little, it's like a quantum version of that. But you also don't, you have so many options for engaging with it. You can look at it knowing that the algorithm is registering. You like it just by watching it. Or you could actually replicate the video yourself if you want. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I like that aspect of it. I don't, I, I don't know, man. I think, I think TikTok is like not the worst thing. I thought it was going to be a really scary dive into the future. And it actually, I think, is just like, it's it's like the same thing I always said about people complaining about Instagram pictures of food. It's like, what would you want humans to celebrate having if not food? Right. This yeah. is the most natural, wholesome thing for us as also to be th- celebrating. But that's the thing. Here's, I, I I am inclined to agree with that statement because I think you and I are both of the camp. All things in moderation, including moderation, kind yeah. of person, and we can govern it. Like we have the executive functioning to be like, all right, I've had enough of this. This is a waste of my time. I recognize that I've wasted time on this. Same thing with Instagram. There's some people that like peers of ours, and I know friends of ours that are just like on Instagram, and then like you know, the kind of people that are like judging and be like, can you believe they posted the like picture of their dinner? Right. Like I'm like, like I don't. 
I got to tell you, not even thinking about that. Stuff. Like if I see somebody post a meal, I'm like, whatever. I don't think like unless they post something that's crazy. I'm never like uh, I'm just kind of like, I don't care. Whatever to you. I like I, mean, I, I think I, that like, yeah, like <laughs> I totally agree. I, th- I think that part of it is just that like we're, you know, we're mid 30s guys that have like, you know, <clears throat> we 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 have a certain niche of the social stratum. Like, you know, the art, the stakes are low for us. If you're yeah. the, if you're the like the queen bee and you're 17 years old, I'm sure social media is an exhausting true. thing to keep up That's with. Because, true. You know, yeah. and we're, we're just along for the ride. We're just happy to be here at this point. Yeah, you we're know? just white males, age 18 to 45. <laughs> <laughs> I, anything I say goes. What? And then what does he like? <laughs> Nut, open up nuts and gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can clip that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. never. All yeah. right, let's uh, so let's go on to our last topic, which is because um, you have a uh, fantasy football draft to get to pretty soon. That's right, in about an hour. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about let's. Are you ready for some football, Lenny? I don't think you are. Uh, I've heard. <laughs> I'm. I'm no. I'm, I've been. I was born ready. You know, I was. I was raised on a. Uh, little blanket when i was uh, charlie's age we had a you know all bears memorabilia i was decked out and everything and it was a good time to be a bears fan too yeah they were i mean it was it's never in my lifetime it's really never been a good time to be a bears fan except for when they went to the super bowl one time but um that, they, that they were coming that off Devin of, hester return yes, that, was the, that was the highlight that was where the water that was like in the hunter s thompson words that's where the high water mark hit and rolled back and you just saw it's it. absolutely yeah. uh, and i don't know that i'll ever see a moment that in bears history that could again um, I have a simple message in this segment, and it is that as we enter football season, I feel like I finally have a little bit like checked out from the Chicago Bears, which is a crazy apostatic piece Apost- of ap- apostasy. Piece of apostasy, yeah, yes. for me to say because it's been such an important, just a, such an important like thing in my life's horizon. But um, the team is bad. So first of all, at the NFL hit its high water mark, to borrow Hunter's phrase. Yeah. Um, probably like, I don't know, seven years ago or something, like everyone cared about football. It was like the biggest thing in the culture. It has gone down. Um, I'd say, yeah, 2012 to 2014, probably. Yeah, it was, and it was, the league it, is still good. It's just that it, and nothing lasts forever, you know. But um, along with that, like the thing that really killed my love of the Chicago Bears is that they have recently like made clear they're going to leave the city of Chicago and build a stadium in Arlington Heights, which is a rich... You know, I don't know if they're Trumpy. I think they're actually too rich to be Trumpy, but they're like, quiet Trumpy. Yeah, they're, quiet they're not, Trumpy, they're not gonna yeah, they're not yeah. gonna have a you know like fuck Joe Biden uh, flag on their but they they definitely they wear polo shirts and golf yeah. a lot. <laughs> and and it's you know it's an hour outside the city, and um, you know there was a lot of issues with Soldier Field. Like the city is very poorly run. The city is in a very bad spot right now in many Chirac. ways. Yeah, I would and. Um, <laughs> Are you going to bed, bud? Can you say wh- who's your favorite football team? You haven't even. Is it J E T S? Is that a war crime to raise my son a Jets fan? Probably. <laughs> it was oh, not a war crime. Uh, pa- form of parental abuse yeah, at the very yeah. least. Maybe a war crime. <laughs> maybe. Maybe yeah, I raise someone else's kid a Jets fan would be a war crime. Yeah, then they got to take me to the Hague. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but hey, anyway, so, field. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so the the Bears are Chicago's in trouble and they're moving. Yeah, yeah Chicago's yeah. not doing well. And and well, you know, see that's see that's sorry to interrupt your point, but I it's frustrating in the time we're obviously nationwide. We're, we're, the discussion of Chicago's current status is it now become a, a nationwide topic, and it's like one of America's premier cities, I'd say, and that like something like the Bears staying in Chicago. 
would be a huge boom. Exactly. It would be the mo- yes. it's the moment to be like, Especially, hey, like in the history, like 30 years from now, we'd look back and be like, they stayed. Yes. We, built, we, we changed things. Like we were able to be like, all right, like we're putting in some yes, It would make policy. them folk heroes. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's and not only that, but, you know, like one of the issues, for example, with Soldier Field is getting there. Getting there, transportation is a nightmare. Right. So this team has sucked for so long, has sapped money from the city for so long. Um and is going to continue to be shitty, by the way. Yeah. Like, the least they could do is, like, do build, help build infrastructure. Like, put a couple million dollars um, towards infrastructure that makes it easier to get to the stadium. Then. Yeah. Um, you know, like, the city doesn't let them build a sports book next, to, next door. I don't know. I feel like they could have worked that out. I don't want to let the city off the hook either because I don't think what anything... Do you need, what do you need to, in this day and age, though? What do you need a sports They just want to make as much money as possible. I know, but like that's, you, why, you that's part of the thing that pisses me off yeah. because they, they're making money off of on the back of nothing. Like They're 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 abandoning the city. They haven't done anything um, to justify them staying there. Good night, buddy. Say good night, buddy. Come on, buddy. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do you think he's actually tired of the Yes. You can see, you can, you can see, see how he was stumbling around. Yeah, it's like they go to bed. Kids sleep when they sleep successfully. That's the other thing. Being a parent at this phase right now kind of rocks because he does sleep. He basically sleeps from now until seven o'clock, so he sleeps for twelve hours. Um, yeah, wow. yeah, and like yeah, so seven thirty right now. So yeah, it's yeah. So that if the, if you can execute it perfectly, that your kid like when he finally goes down, then it. Kind of rocks. How like, many inches a day do you think he's growing? It feels like sometimes an inch a day. It's so, sometimes when he like, sometimes he'll walk, go down for a hard nap, and then I'll go in. I'm like, this is a different kid. This is like, it's it's weird. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really that, it's. This has been a more fun. The past six months have been a more fun phase of parenting. <laughs> so months uh, twelve through eighteen. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they, so they, 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 they missed a moment to really. They missed a moment to say, like to kind of say like, all right, we're making a stand. We're gonna we're gonna build up infrastructure. We're gonna put some incentives in place. I totally agree. It's totally, it's lazy to me. It's like it's like, it's lazy. It's greedy. It's yeah. It, it's like it's, I think lazy and greedy. I, I've kind of come to realize as I go on in life, laziness and greediness are pretty. You know, there's a lot of things that coincide. Yeah, with like, absolutely. You know, yeah. Lack of imagination, and so, um, you know, they're gonna build this. And and the thing also just as an aside, I am so frustrated and I feel so alienated from the team because their fans are all in favor of the move. Yeah. Um these idiots on are like online are like, Oh yeah, well maybe we'll get a Super Bowl if we build you know, it's like yeah, yeah. who cares? It's gonna be one day. You yeah. Know? Like but the reason that the fans are acting that way is because Gets into the politics of Chicago, but the city, you know, saying the word Chicago to a lot of fans of the Bears, especially a lot of the season ticket holding, you know, PSL type fans of the Bears, who are all white and privileged. Chicago is an extremely segregated city, and I think that they view Chicago as a very racially coded um, yeah. place run by black people, where black people kill each other. Yeah. yeah, and and it's a and it's a disaster, you know, in their mind, and so that's what they see Chicago as. And and he, and if they're not killing each other, they're running amok on the on the north side, and they can't be stopped. And all this. It's, it's an extremely segregated yeah. um, view of things. And so I think that that that, that level of um, I think I think there's a lot of honestly racism in, in, involved in the idea that the team is essentially doing white flight. This yeah, and this, that's why I resent it. Yeah. And so they're missing a moment. They're white flight fleeing, and I feel like I really don't have that much of a connection to them anymore as a civic institution because they're not going to be the Chicago Bears anymore so fuck them. Yeah. And 
that what you're describing, which is crazy, I think it's a phenomenon that's going on around the country. It's very frustrating because it's like it is this opportunity, I think, to reintegrate cities as they've gotten like resegregated in certain areas. Also, it's the same reason why like I I hate the Braves for a lot of reason in baseball. I'm a Mets fan. I hate the Braves. They're good. They're a good team. But I, I hate them. Their historic racism, well, like from their mascot chief Nakahoma to the tomahawk chop. Um, Kumail is is certain. What's his name? Uh, rocker is certainly the superior rocker. Oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Kumar Rocker. Kumar Rocker. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. As opposed to uh, John Rocker. You know, was that? Was he Indian? I have no idea. Oh. Um, I know he didn't pan out. But yeah, he didn't pan out. But well, I think he got. I don't know, he might have got drafted. But John, but like, yeah, John, the John Rocker incident, that was a big thing growing up when I was a kid in New York. And that was great. That was kind of like a solidifying New York as like kind of a badass city. It's like, we will whip batteries at you if you give us an excuse. <laughs> if we're being I'm glad, a racist. I'm glad New York got put on the map as a badass city. Yeah, as a badass city that was anti racist. It was an anti racist yeah. moment for yeah. the late 90s. Um, and, but um, the. But they moved Atlanta. Didn't it's very yeah. funny to say like the Mets fans version of anti-racism is just to whip batteries at John Rocker because <laughs> he said bad stuff about the seven train and being on yeah. the, like and, and punks. Yeah, and exactly and single mothers. Yep, uh, and and HIV, uh, people with HIV, living with HIV. Exactly. Um, and uh, but so I hate them for all those reasons. But also their move, they they didn't need a new stadium. They got a new stadium for the Olympics, which is in ni- the late nineties. And then they moved again because they wanted to be, quote unquote, closer to their fans. So they moved out of Atl- the city of Atlanta, a historically right. black city, to a, sub- a rich suburb of Northwest. They built a corporate office park to build a new stadium right. Northwest of Atlanta, completely outside of the city. And I'm like, I'm like, screw you. I'd be like, that's like, that's so annoying that like this is, I don't know. I also, I hate, st- I hate stadiums out of the city center. I hate the idea that like stadiums, I hate MetLife Stadium, even though I'm a Jets fan and I go to this stupid no, thing. No, it's I terrible. Hate. It's terrible. They could have had, I mean. And as your experience yeah. when we tried to meet up for that one Jets game of tests, people that think that getting to the stadium is going to get easier when everyone, thousands of people are driving there at once, they have no idea it's what's. Gonna, they're going to, they're going to, here's gonna here will be your m- moment of like mirth or just like uh, schadenfreude when they, if they do ever eventually pull this, you know, in Arlington Heights stadium project off is that getting to MetLife Stadium is bad by car, train and bus. So like, it's three for three. Even if you live in northern New Jersey by the stadium, it still takes you a long time to get to and from that stadium, even yes. if you drive. So the people hypothetically that it is designed for that live in that wealthy in Bergen County or whatever and can get to East Rutherford, New Jersey, it still sucks to get there by a, your private car. Compared to yeah. like City Field where you can walk out and be on a train. You're like immediately on an express minutes. train that will be you, like, if you. And they run express trains that get you into Midtown Manhattan. You'll be there. and it, Or Yankee Stadium, even for that matter. You'll be in Midtown yeah. Manhattan by, in no time. And and you could also, you could theoretically drive. and uh, But anyway, my point is that I think you're, I agree. I, I would feel the same way. I share your sentiments. I think maybe you know, all those guys who are like, maybe we'll go to Super Bowl are going to wake up and be like, well, this sucks too. <laughs> and they're just going to like, I don't know. There's going to also the team will never get better. And they're going to, lo- they're going to finish at, you know, between seven and eight games for the rest of my life. And are you alone in this feeling? Or is it, is it like a 50, 50 split of people leaving? I feel it, like I'm alone. Really? I, I yeah. That would also make me feel, I, I would lose a lot of interest if there's no, what is the team? If you don't have like solidarity with other people, exactly. From the, and I, there's not a, I don't think there's like a real movement that feels the way that I'm saying. I'm sure there's some people, but, um, a lot of people are, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think that it's a common feeling. But here's my also bet: 
we're probably going to end up watching some football this season anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I will, but I, I just, we'll put it this way. I don't have to give them any money. Yeah. I mean, I can pirate the games and never buy a jersey. And you let's know, get into it. Let's not get, get that invested. Now that COVID's over, well, um, the let's get back into English Premier League soccer. We can afford yeah. it now. We can we can fly to London and go to English Premier League games. We're Meg, ready, we're Meg, rich do you want to fly to London and go to a Premier League game? She said yes. She said yes. <laughs> can we, can Lenny and I do it? <laughs> can Lenny and I? You know how you did most of the parenting work today and probably most of this week because we're idiots in grad school. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Well, I feel like we got we covered our bases. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Well, then on that note, we'll let this carry us out. All right, uh, Brian. Do you want to get dinner, or are you going to eat dinner? Yeah, we can. Order. I think Meg wants to. Let's let's all the three. Let's of us. all let's yeah, all, let's, all right, let's cool. huddle on, up on dinner. I'm down for that. Yeah. Peace. All right. Bye bye.